Welcome to All Things Funny Chat with me, Naomi Gal, and I just want to make this part, uh, this little note on this part. I'm really trying to work out where this podcast could go. I have been looking at my stats. There's definitely downloads. I panicked when I looked at the Apple stats, but on the platform that I use to put out this podcast, I looked at those stats and, you know, it's not bad. I mean, sure, we're not talking hundreds of listeners, but we're talking a handful of listeners that make me feel like people are here and listening. If you, because I don't know, because podcast settings and working out all of this is very challenging even for those who have all the detailed stats it's just the way podcast stats work but if you're like somebody who's regularly listening to this podcast if this is you please can you do me a favor can you just hit the stars on whatever app you're on preferably the apple one maybe even leave me a comment because at times i'm like hello is there anyone there okay i say at times i've been feeling this of late quite a lot and i'm like Maybe I'll just say here, right now, before we begin and talk about sex and how it can hurt, um, I just want to make this like little note that if you're there and listening, the more people that like leave me a little something, something, the more it's going to tickle my fanny flaps and the more I'm going to think maybe this is an avenue to pursue because I've been looking at in-person recording session ideas, how I could get certain guests on make it a little bit more, um, just a little fun with some guests talking about their vagina experiences. I've got this idea, okay? I'm sharing this with you here and now, but the idea won't go anywhere unless I'm like, am I just talking to myself in the cabin at the bottom of my garden? (laughs) So please let me know, anyone. Oh, it's so painful when you ask that because sometimes literally no one does it and then you're like, oh, but Hey, one's got to ask. So I'm trying. Hello. Um, so on to today's episode, I went for my smear test. Yes, I got the letter at Christmas. Happy Christmas to me. And I instantaneously booked my smear. No fannying around uh, because I knew that I would potentially forget for a bit. And back in the day, my own mother has had experiences with her smear with um, dodgy cells, as has many people. So I was like, I just want to make sure that I'm all good, all gravy. Um, and I also just don't have any qualms with anyone poking my cervix because I went through IVF. And if you're somebody who's spread your legs for the medical profession many, 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 many times, and there's no pain physically there, then you're like, what's another person? Uh, But also, I'm very aware of how I can do this a little bit more mindfully now. And I'm very grateful to the work that I do um, for myself, first and foremost, to be able to go into an appointment like that, knowing that I'm completely held. When I walked in, there was a student who literally looked about 2, 12, 10, 11, probably more like 18, 19, maybe she was 20. But she looked very young. Uh, and she also had a very big goosey gander at my um, vulva. And I think that's quite off-putting for a lot of people. That would be like instantly <gasps> a lot. I feel that all like the whole of the medical professional people that work in all these avenues 
should have more trauma training for the love of all things. Like seriously, anyone could have walked in there at that point with her sitting there. It felt very oppressive, very challenging. And I'm someone who takes things in my stride, but I was feeling the pain of my clients who I see who can't get a smear test. For you listening to this, who is still yet to go and get their smear test. Anyway, my doctors will not send text messages to confirm appointments. So I have to put it in my calendar. I find this very odd. I don't know how they don't have a massive dropout of people turning up to their appointments. For my smear test, however, I had three text messages, a phone call. Oh yeah. I was like, this is a lot of reminders for one appointment. And then I was like, maybe they have a new system. No. This is because last year, apparently, the woman told me, the nurse told me, that they had like 111 people that didn't turn up or something wild like that to their appointments, uh, for their smear appointments. So now they try to remind people because it's very costly for the NHS when people are not turning up to their cervical smear tests. Now, so much to say on this and what then unfolded in this appointment. And I thought I would do an episode on the fact that sex hurts. I've done an episode on vaginismus. I think it was vaginismus and vulvodynia and the definitions of that. If you scroll down, then you'll find that um, episode. It's one of the more popular ones. But the thing is, I said to her, you know, I actually work with people um, holistically with their pelvis. And I get those looks from the medical profession like, (laughs) okay, hon, do you? Like, I'm not doing anything near that they're doing and granted I didn't go to uni and study nursing I'm not a GP I'm not any of that and there's part of me that feels like oh shit like I'm none of that but there's part of me that goes I'm actually really fucking glad that I'm not because I can take an outside perspective that these people in the medical profession can't and for my book which is now available on kickstarter so if you're like oh what happened to the book it's on kickstarter right now please support um it's a great book it's a fantastic it's a fucking fantastic book okay i'm just saying this it's it's it it is um yeah there's a link in my it'll be a link in the show notes for that um But I interviewed a friend who's a GP, recently trained, and it was fascinating talking to him and the fact that there's so little knowledge on the pelvis and how little gynecology um, and obstetrics uh, training that a GP will have before they potentially become a GP or before somebody becomes a doctor. Obviously, if they specialize in gynae, and obstetrics later on, then it's a very different story. But the fact is, and this is the fact, a doctor can land as a doctor giving you this awful advice that often happens. Sometimes it's awful advice. And they give you that awful advice because they don't have a fucking Scooby because they could have gone through their whole training with literally none, none on gynae, none on obstetrics. That is the system that they're in. So when I sat there, I said, oh, you know, I have so many clients that can't come to their smear test. It's so challenging um, for them. So I was like, no, I'm all good with like having this other girl stare at my funny flaps. Um, And she was like, oh, don't get me started. Starts regaling like how many people had not turned up, yada, yada, yada. So when I finished up, 
Oh, and I said, and she goes, oh, I think we should go into schools. And I was like, oh, I think that's a great idea. I was like, let me know if I can ever be of support for that. Like if there's anything that I can do to support, you know, she's like, okay, babe. I was like, okay, I'm actually an ex-teacher, but that's fine. I actually have a Bachelor of Education. That's fine. We just, that's whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> excuse me. So then she, um, I get dressed and um, she's like, and then we start talking again about the lack of people who go to their smear. And um, she basically said along the lines of, it's really simple. Like if they just had a leaflet and they understood the procedure and they understood that they were going to get a letter when they were 25 and they were going to be invited and they understood the procedure and you talk them through it, it'd be really easy for everybody to turn up for their smear test. So I went, oh yeah, well, I mean, obviously like having that understanding is part and parcel of this problem. Definitely people aren't aware of, what the smear is and they worry that I think that's going to be painful they worry about flashing their flaps you know especially when there's people who have um challenge with how their vulva looks but anyway I didn't go into big detail on all my other reasons and I'm not going to do that now because there's so many other reasons but I want to focus on the fact that there is pain present for a lot of people and I said to her oh well you know of course you know one of the big reasons will be because of vulvodynia and vaginismus right I, she just looks at me blankly and I go, ah, uh, and I don't want to be that twat that's like, do you, hey, do, I know you're nurse, but do you know what vulva denier and vaginismus is? And um, I was like, do, do you know, um, do you, have you, I'm sure you obviously know about vaginismus and vulva denier. And she just looks at me and was like, oh, I, I don't, and she just shakes her head, doesn't say anything at this point. And I'm like, oh God, she's one of those that's not going to want to be spoken, almost like, let me explain. <laughs> Um, so I did explain because that's who I am. And I was like, let me explain what Vulva Denier Imaginismus is. Um, anyway, she was very quiet, didn't want to talk to me. Um, and that was the end of the appointment. Now, my point, we pause here to discuss all things Metamorphosis Workshop. The Metamorphosis Workshop is all about loving your body, enjoying sex again, and knowing your worth. When we talk about being worthy, when we talk about having these desires, when we talk about these boundaries, when we talk about finding safety within the body, the beautiful side effect of all of this is then being able to enjoy pleasure and have more joy and happiness in our lives. This all stems from our roots. We need to go back to our roots, work with our roots to excavate what it is that's holding us back. This is the whole point of the Metamorphosis Workshop. It's three and a half hours to hold you exactly where you are and allow you to really unfold in the space, find safety and leave with tangible tools that you can use again and again to allow you to move into life, integrate back into life after the workshop and find this freedom. You can find this workshop on my website www.thisisnaomigail.co.uk. You can also find it specifically at forward slash vagina dash workshop. point is, I don't give a shit if she doesn't want to hear what I have to say. But the point is, is that vulvodynia and vaginismus is actually getting more common because people are able to label it and are hearing more about it. But also, I, I think partly, but also because we are perpetually disconnected from our pelvis, partly because, many reasons, but one of the reasons would be because the medical profession think that it's acceptable to put you on the pill, uh, even if you don't need to be on the pill. And my favorite part of the smear 
meeting was her opening gambit question to me was, and what about your contraception? Hold up. I'm here for a cervical screening, which has nothing to do with my contraception. Also, FYI, I am 30, what am I? 35. And I also um, have been having sex with my husband for 12 years. And I think if I needed support with my contraception, I would have already been in by now and chatted that through. So I just feel like this system is a load of wank when it comes to the offerings that they give people for contraception. Because what was she going to sit there and go, hey, let me talk to you about the natural options for tracking your discharge as somebody who is now their mid-30s and definitely does not need to go on any fertility treatment, um, which then opened up the whole floodgates of the fact that my husband he has a zoospermia because I like just to share that, partly because I like to raise awareness, but partly, oh, it's such a twat, but partly because I'm like, please don't fucking ask me about that. I really don't need you to ask me. I've been through enough shit with my fertility. Um, it opened so many questions. But the thing is, is that women don't want, in general, people don't want to go to these appointments and be asked questions about their contraception. Because I had a really easy response, but somebody might have a very challenging response to that, have to go through a challenging response and feel backed in a corner as to what they're using or judged by what they're doing, especially when you use the natural methods. Because Still to this day, the medical profession do not understand what that is and what that entails. So infuriating. I did not appreciate that at all and that element of it. Um, it almost felt like if you go for your smear, they could also just like, you know, maybe just take out your uterus and, um, you know, and then you can just never have children ever again. And we can just sterilize the whole population through this cervical screening situation. You know, it's because I've done so much research into how the pill is sold to people and that kind of thing. And it's obviously being ironic about the uterus thing, but it just feels so invasive already. You're literally going to be putting a little thing to scrape my cervix, which I didn't feel by the way, she was very gentle. But the point is, is that um, it's not acceptable, I don't believe, to be asking that question first outright. Let's just park that. It's not very fair. And then the fact that a nurse who is dealing with the pelvis every single day and trying to get people to come to these appointments and come back and be able to actually go through the cervical screening when they're there does not know what vulvodynia and vaginismus is. is fucking terrible, in my opinion. So yeah, I will tell her what it is and I will make her feel probably light, slightly uncomfortable because she is a med in the medical field and doesn't know what these medical scenarios are, um, I will do that because I'm furious that we're going through, like still today in 2023, with nurses who are putting speculums in the pelvis or doctors putting speculums in the pelvis um, and there's pain, which leads me on to the fact that sex can hurt, but sex is not supposed to hurt speculums going into the root should not hurt. Oh, uncomfortable. Yes. Uncomfortable. Of course, you're literally stretching out the pelvis in order to make space to reach to the cervix. Not acceptable for it to be painful. How would somebody who is doing that day in, day out, not have ever come across anybody who has that level of pain? And as somebody 
who works with people in my space with this level of pain, I can tell you that having a speculum in your root would need so much trauma-informed, tender, loving care, it's beyond. Now, in my book, I have a whole section on getting a smear test, why and how and the ins and outs. I also have a link in my book to a supportive place for anybody who's going through a smear test who has been through sexual assault. There is a special place in London that you can go and receive a smear test with trauma-informed medical professionals. Um, So you can go and get your cervical smear um, with more support than that. If you're listening to this thinking, or you're making me feel worse about it, but you've been through sexual assault, then certainly that is a space to go. Now, there are many ways that you can go through a smear and have a much better experience than you may have had in the past, such as before you go, work with some nervous system led tools, could be some breath, it could be finding safety and orienting in the room that you're in. If ever you've come to any of my spaces, I will always be showing you these kind of techniques. My metamorphosis workshop is directly linked, partly because I believe that more people deserve the tools to be able to go into sex without pain and having the smear tests, for example, and medical professional support without pain. It's part of my work. So I would give tools in that. And the other thing is, is that you can send down a grounding cord. Again, if you come to one of my workshops, I show how that works. Um, I also have visualizations on Insight Timer um, and you can find working with your pelvis on there with guidance to um, basically unraveling the nervous system and unraveling the pelvis. So you can find safety through that. And you can always ask for a smaller speculum. They have small speculums and they should really generally start with a smaller one, but they don't always do that because they want to make sure that they can really get to the cervix. But you can always ask for that. Go at a time when the cervix is lower. That will also really help you. So they're not rummaging around and looking for it. And also ensuring that if you that you check in if there's anybody else that's going to be in the room if you don't want that to happen if you don't want the surprise of somebody else sitting there and you can also always take a chaperone with you you can take somebody with you so this leads me on to understanding that it is possible that somebody will be experiencing pain that feels like a shooting pain during sex or during a speculum inspection this is not normal. That's it. That's all this podcast needs to be is essentially that is not normal. No amount of leaflet flyering with this is what will happen during uh, a cervical smear or during sex will prevent that from being an issue for people. But I want people to be aware that sex should not hurt. That's it. And I'm available for further support on that on a one-to-one or in workshops or through my book or where on my Substack or wherever you can find me, I'm available with more support to show you that sex can be pleasurable and joyful and the pain can be removed through deep inner work, through working through the blocks that are there, through working through the trauma that you may have been through, the challenges, the self-love, all of this. I'm not saying it's easy work. I'm not saying that it's overnight work but it's certainly work that can be done so that the pain can be relieved 
and you're no longer fearing going into a nurse's environment or fearing having sex with a partner, having sex with one night stands or whatever it is, it is a genuine fear for many people and there are people out there and you may be listening to this and you may be one of those people who avoids putting themselves in a situation with maybe a long-term partner or the general dating or even going to a cervical smear where there's potential that somebody would touch your labia or or there would be penetration which would create searing pain stabbing pain on just general pain in and around the pelvis and I want you to know that my life's work, however challenging sometimes I find my message of getting it out there and people listening to me, because I don't talk about sex in the way that people expect sex to be talked about at this point in life. They want me, if you want me to talk about sex, then you've come to the wrong place because I don't talk about sex in that way. But I do talk about sex because that's part of joy and pleasure and that's part of my work. And part of my work is removing the pain to find pleasure and joy through sex. But I believe that there's layers before we can just talk about sex as an isolated scenario. And the cervical smear is a question I always have with every client and everybody that fills out one of my one-to-one forms. Can you emotionally and physically get a smear test? Because if you can't, there's a lot more to it. Um, And there's a lot to dive into there. So I wanted to offer my, regale my smear test story explain my frustration, show solace to the fact that going to get a smear is not easy. I want you to know that I totally understand. Provide the fact that there's spaces for you to come to if this is something that you find challenging and acknowledge the fact that you may be experiencing pain. Share and disseminate the information that others may be experiencing pain. So if you're not, be aware that there will be others that will. So if you have a friend that hasn't gone and got their smear, and they're not giving you the reasons as to why, and it's come up in conversation, that actually there could be something really deeply um, challenging there for your friend. Those kind of things, right? Uh, And finally, I'm hoping that the more this work that I do and others do holistically will eventually land in the spaces of the medical profession so that there can be more trauma-informed knowledgeable understanding people and now that nurse knows and she is welcome thank you so much for listening sending so much love one last reminder please 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 if you're like gosh Naomi the information is just so needed in this world I'm gonna give you five stars you know where to hit that you can find me elsewhere sometimes I'm on Instagram rarely sometimes on TikTok probably at the moment to promote my Kickstarter And I'm very much on my Substack newsletter spaces, which you can find below. And of course, as always, sending so much love and holding.